Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are absolutely positively in the right place because this is where the best run. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. We have a very, very interesting topic, and I'm going to try not to mention the K-word, Kardashians. Does that give you a clue? Okay, <laughs> let's let's see. Oh, I've got, my, I've got my panelists laughing already. They knew I was going to do that. What's the buzz on the street? I found a quote from David Armano. He is a strategist at M- Digital, and uh, here's the quote. Listen up. To write off influencer marketing, yeah, that's our topic. Influencer marketing as a fad is a foolish game. Brands will figure out how to collaborate with culture creators and harness the distribution of curators. Those are a lot of key words in there. They'll get these two groups feeding off of each other and build them into the core of integrated marketing campaigns from the start. I wish we had an hour to just unpack that quote because it's loaded. So what's going on here today? You know we talk about business, B2B here on Game Changers Radio. The value of B2B influencer marketing. There, I put it all together, has taken a hit from news about fake followers, social media personalities, accusations of covert advertising. Those are no-nos. What happens? In a 2018 Bizarre Voice survey, 47% of respondents said they were uh, fatigued by influencer content. Maybe they felt like they were being led around a little bit too much. Okay, so the question on the table today is, how can B2B influencer marketing work? I'm going to say, can it work? And how can it remain authentic? You don't want to be accused of using it the wrong way. You don't want to be accused of, well, just using it badly and having it backfire or just make things worse. So we have three experts here on the show today. I'll tell you who they are, their companies. We'll talk to them in a few minutes about what they do. First up, we have in a moment, I'll be interviewing and introducing Mike Orr from Grapevine 6. And Mike has been on before with us. We're very happy to have him back. Vivica Von Rosen at Vengresso is with us. We've had a lot of her her colleagues from Vengresso on over the years. And we're welcoming a newcomer, Cecilia Marshall from SAP, calling in from Brazil. But we'll get around to that when I ask her where exactly in the world she is. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. And let's get started. Mike Orr has sent us a very wonderful quote. I love this quote, Mike. From Janis Joplin from the song Me and Bobby McGee. But I did my lookup, my usual research, Mike. And it turns out that this song was posthumously released after Janis Joplin passed away. And it topped the U.S. singles charts in 1971, making it the second posthumous released number one single in U.S. chart history. The other one was Otis Redding's Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. 
Janis Joplin's version of Me and Bobby McGee reached number 11 for 1971 as well over the year. The song is about two drifters, the narrator and Bobby McGee, and nobody's really sure who is who. Uh, Chris Christopherson wrote the song, but he didn't write it for Janis Joplin. A lot, lot of lore about this. Here's the quote. I think everybody's going to recognize it. Freedom's just another I'm sorry. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Mike Orr, Grapevine Sex, welcome back. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Bonnie. Thank you for the quote. Talk to me about how in the world this relates to our topic, which is influencer marketing for B2B. Well, yeah, I think it is a a great line, first of all. But uh, it definitely is uh, relevant to B2B um, decision makers because they do have a lot to lose. And so... You have to kind of respect that, and you can't. You don't have total freedom to do, you know, whatever you want, which often happens on the B two C side. Um, there's a lot of at risk for your buyers, so you have to put the same amount of work into selecting and working with your influencers as they do when they try and take their opinions into their decisions. Very, very true. And can we pinpoint the word freedom in the quote, Mike? Can we talk about the freedom? Is hey, you can get anybody. To be an influencer, did you pick the right one? Did you make the right arrangement? How complicated is it to find an influencer? And let's let's try to keep it at the quote unquote famous level rather than the hey, uh, Mr. Jones down the street at X Y Z Widget Manufacturing has a great network and people listen to him and and he's a distributor of our product. Let's see if if uh, he can do it. So let's talk about the famous side, the authentic side. What kind of freedom do companies have to go looking and say, oh, we're going to get, hey, we heard Vivica Von Rosen is this great influencer on social media. We're going to see if we can hire her or make a barter deal with her to be our influencer. How much freedom do companies really have on this, Mike? Um, I think I think uh, not, not as much as, as they think they do. I think you want to start with um, it needs to be an authentic relationship. So mm-hmm. you need to evaluate do they – actually value your product, right? If they're going to talk about it, is it just going to be a paid promotion or are they going to advocate for it because they actually believe in it and what it does? And those are going to be the most effective anyways. So going out and buying the the largest, you know, number of eyeballs isn't necessarily going to have the largest effect because if they don't really believe in the product, they're not going to be able to sell it. So I think that's the restriction on freedom is you can't just buy uh, loyalty. You have to actually find someone that believes in what you're doing. Thank you. Very interesting. That's exactly the reality check I was looking for. It's it's such a popular concept, influencer marketing, and I'm glad that we're talking about it from the perspective of B2B because that's who our audience is. Mike, very happy to have you back. Looking forward to catching up with you in a few minutes. And now the lady I just mentioned, Vivica, I hope you don't mind. I was tossing your name around. I thought you would make an interesting <laughs> example here. Vivica von Rosen and Vengresso has sent us a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson, 1803 to 1882. American essayist, lecturer, philosopher, and the poet. He led the transcendentalist movement of the mid-19th century, seen as a champion of individualism. Isn't that interesting that you picked him? (laughs) He expressed the philosophy of transcendentalism, and I can pronounce that in his 1836 essay, Nature. Uh, He gave a speech entitled The American Scholar in in 1837, and Oliver Wendell Holmes Sr. considered this to be America's intellectual declaration 
Declaration of Independence. Very interesting. So here is the quote Vivica has selected from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Here we go. Don't be too timid and squeamish about your actions. All life is an experiment. The more experiments you make, the better. Vivica, officially welcome. We've been talking about you. How are you? (laughs) <laughs> Great. Thank you for having me on the show again. Delighted. So talk to me about how you picked this quote. What does it have to do with our topic? Well, it's funny. I've always been an Emerson and a Holmes fan. So, I, you know, I was just kind of looking through all my many, many, many books of, of, of poetry and quotes. And this one just landed on me um, because isn't social media, digital, we can't even pick a name, right? social media mm-hmm. marketing, digital transformation, digital marketing, isn't it all experiment? I know when I was first starting, um, there were no books. We didn't know, you know, we didn't know what a Twitter was. And so it, <laughs> it's all an experiment. All of this new media is an experiment. Um, and so that's the one side is you've got to try things out um, to see what works and what doesn't work. The other side of that is being squeamish, right? Like one person says influencer marketing doesn't work anymore, and all of a sudden you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. But in reality, influencer marketing has been around since the first madman put, you know, a a movie star on a on a on a in a newspaper or, or in a magazine, and so you know we really we really have to understand that we're pulling together really old marketing techniques, old advertising techniques into this new medium and experimenting with it. So let's, let's not, you know, let's not say, well, just because we're sick of the K-words, uh, that, that, <laughs> that this thing doesn't work and that it won't work for B2B. Very interesting. Do you think B2B companies are actually doing this? They're looking at, I'll call it celebrities, and that could be anybody with a good, with a, a public reputation in, in any part of the world, any part of culture or industry, I suppose, Vivica. Do, do you think that companies are, are really on the lookout for, hey, we've got this great uh, server farm and we want to tell people about it. Let's, <laughs> let's go get, Mike, not to use your name, let's go get Bobby Orr because he's skated into hockey history and he's going to be great talking about the server farm. Do you think that's really happening educate me what do you think what do you observe oh sure absolutely and and i mean i'm probably a little skewed because i'm in the 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 new media business and so um which i know is an old term ironically uh but Mm. you know so i i see all of my friends who are also influencers and also speakers being asked to represent and speak for different B2B companies out there. Um, so, you know, most definitely it's still being used, probably not as sophisticatedly and probably not as blatantly as mm-hmm. uh, B2C. Um, thank goodness, because quite frankly, if I see one more, you know, 12-year-old who's a megastar because she knows how to curl her hair, I'm going to gag. But uh, <laughs> when it, you know, in the B2B space. Oh, that was well done. Influence, <laughs> that, that was in the B2B well. space, you, you have, you know, you have intelligent people who have become thought leaders and leaders in their industry because they're intelligent, they're thoughtful, um, and they are, in fact, influential because they've written books and they speak. Um, and so those are the individuals I think that B2B companies tend to lean towards. And those folks are, I think, make phenomenal uh, influencers for companies, um, provided it's the right fit. Yeah, sometimes, you know, 
someone will grab someone famous like a Gary V and mm-hmm. and he's you know maybe not the right fit for your culture. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. For those of you not not uh, not cognoscenti about that part of the culture, Gary V as Gary Vaynerchuk, Vaynerchuk, okay. who came here from Vaynerchuk. Russia with his fa- family and eight children, and they packed themselves into a small apartment in Queens, New York. I come from Queens originally, and Gary went on to help rescue his father's wine business, which was based in a brick and mortar store in New Jersey. And Gary became one of the leaders of social media, one of the avant garde of people who actually figured out what to do. And I believe he created something called wine tv and he just propelled sales for his father's company and he became one of the uh, the big time he has a i know he has a marketing business now and he's based in hudson yards where sap has their new offices and uh, gary v is a big shot but he he figured it out right vivica he figured yeah. it out very early yeah how yeah. do i back kn- in 2007 2008 and and I can't believe that I remembered all this about him. But I took Super a impressed. isn't that interesting? I took a social media summit course when I was in between jobs years ago, and they had guest speakers like Ann Handley and other people, Gary mm-hmm. V. And it was a three day seminar webinar, and I sat here and took notes for six eight hours at a time. They sent us the slides and all, but Gary V. One is the was one of the presenters. I was so impressed with him that I looked up his story on Wikipedia and I, I I never stopped paying attention. So that's how I know it. And I did not look that up. That was from heart. So from my from my memory. Good for me. So thank you very much for, for dropping the name, Vivica. We have a lot to catch up on with you in a few minutes. And now we're going to go to our newcomer on the panel. She is in South America right now. She's an hour time difference from us. It's Cecilia Marshall, M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L at S-A-P. And Cecilia has sent us a quote that is commonly attributed, I believe, to Einstein, but in fact, it's from somebody named William Bruce Cameron. It was attributed to Einstein 30 years after his death, so popularly believed he didn't say it. But it's a great quote, Cecilia has sent. I'm going to read the quote and ask Cecilia to tell us how it relates to our topic. It's, It's a beautiful quote. Not everything that counts can be counted. Cecilia Marshall, welcome to Game Changers Radio. How are you today? Hi, Bonnie, and thank you for the invitation. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. We're I'm delighted. I'm currently in Sao Paulo, Brazil, yeah. Tell me about how you picked the quote. It's so perfect for our topic, but tell me what it means to you, Cecilia. So the quote means, uh, suggests that it's impossible to measure what's important. So influencer marketing, my point of view, has uh, its metrics such as reach, number of mentions, engagement, and so on. However, Bonnie, the real value that influencer marketing adds to a brand cannot be measured. It's, in my opinion, related to the influencer's reputations the connection that influencers promote between the brand and community. This is really the most strategic value of the influencer marketing. So the things that can count cannot be counted. Very interesting. Very very well put, Cecilia, by the way. Uh, I hope I didn't upset you by saying it wasn't Einstein, but I use a little I use a little service called Quote Investigator, and this is one of the most popular quotes that people ask about, and they go through history of who said it, who could have said it, when Einstein was quoted. But interestingly, the person who was supposedly actually said it, William Bruce Cameron, uh, was the author of a book. He's a sociologist 
in the book is Informal Sociology, A Casual Introduction to Sociological Thinking. The book is no longer available. You can't even find it anywhere, which is interesting. But there's also a William Bruce Cameron, who is a, a comedy, a comedian and a comedy writer, and he has written some number one books, bestsellers. I think Eight Ways to Date My Daughter was a TV show. He wrote the book for that and something about his dog's journey, and he's very popular. So I had to go distinguishing the William Bruce Cameron, who was a sociologist in 1963, from the newer one, who was a young guy who was at the top of his game. So there you go. Thank you, Cecilia. We have a lot more to speak with you about. Let's go around the table, and now it's time to get a little bit up close and personal with our guests. Mike Ord, Grapevine 6, I'd love to know three things about you. Number one, where are you today? You know the questions. Number two, what's your favorite drink, coffee, or something else? Be specific. And number three, tell us what's going on that's new since the last time we spoke with you at Grapevine 6. Go ahead, Mike. Great. Um, I'm up in Toronto, um, and uh, it's actually getting a little bit nicer here. We're finally welcoming the arrival of spring, and uh, so I've I've broken out my bike and started riding to work. Um, So my Mm. favorite drink is coffee because I always... Uh, understood that coffee helps activate uh, acetaminophen, which I need uh, following my first bike ride of the season uh, <laughs> to take care of my sore limbs. Um, what's new with Grapevine 6? Uh, it's, it's been busy. Uh, we've had a uh, very successful run over the last six months, landed a few big enterprise clients, um, and we're actually participating in our first uh, analyst report, uh, Forrester's Wave on sales uh, social engagement tools. And um, that actually relates pretty heavily to the to the topic we're we're talking about because the you know traditional influencers were the analysts and they're still uh, they still a big presence and a big part of B two B influencer marketing. Thank you very much. And remind us, please, how did you come up with the name Grapevine Six? I love the name. We've talked about talked about this before, and I know there's a wonderful song. Heard it through the grapevine. Did that have anything to do with it? It uh, it was actually came up with the uh, the original idea for the company uh, sitting in uh, one of the co-founders' backyards that's uh, in a very sort of traditional ethnic neighborhood that's covered by a grapevine. <laughs> His whole backyard is is covered by this grapevine, and so that sparked the idea. And then uh, there was five co-founders, um, and we we call it Grapevine Six because um, we wanted the sixth seat to be taken by the customer at all of our decisions that we make. And that oh. was really laying the groundwork for one of our important, most important constituents of influencers, which is our customers. Thank you very much. I love the name. That's why I want to hear you tell the story again. Appreciate it. I, I play Heard It Through the Grapevine on the drums. I'm a drummer now. And when I, I do that song, I, I think of your company. So there you go. Maybe there's some influencer marketing in there, Mike, or we'll just leave that one for a later discussion. Hey, by the way, anyway, thank you very much for joining me again. Vivica Von Rosen going around the table to you at Vengresso. Catch me up. Number one, where are you today? Number two, what's your favorite drink specifically? Any kind of beverage will do. And number three, what's happening at Vengresso? So I am in what is today beautiful and sunny Colorado. Don't don't ask me in 15 minutes. We could get another freak blizzard. But today, it's beautiful and sunny here in, in Loveland, Colorado. Um, while I am not drinking it right now because it would be a little bit early, uh, my new discovery is a 
single malt um, out of uh, a winter park um, brewery called Idle Wild Spirits. And, and no, I'm not an influencer for them. No, I was not paid <laughs> <laughs> to mention this particular type of whiskey. But um, yeah, it's really smooth, really delicious, and it has a really, really cool bottle. So that is my latest favorite drink that I only imbibe on the weekends and only two fingers. Um, and uh, not to have anything at all to do with Vengresso, which is my company, um, which we just released one of our uh, newest um, offers, which is uh, our online selling with LinkedIn program. So that was a long time coming and super excited that we just released that. Thank you very much. Interesting, because I looked up, you know I did, I looked up the drink, Colorado Single Malt Whiskey, Idlewild Spirits. I don't know if you remember back in the day, I certainly do, LaGuardia (laughs) Airport in New York, you know where I'm going with this, LaGuardia Airport was called Idlewild when I was growing up. It was about 20 minutes from where I lived for, I was in Great Neck, Long Island for the past 32 years, just got here to Durham a year and a half ago. So Idlewild rings true with me. It's something I remember very, very well. Do you remember Idlewild Airport? Probably not. I, I don't remember Idlewild Airport, but it's, um, you know, there's there's a lot of, and I'm going to totally skew this, so I'm not going to go into it, but there's something about the ferries and Idlewild and and stags and horns and stuff. So um, I think that's where they got the name, but I have no idea, quite frankly. Well, you know what? I, know I the made bottle's a, really cool. I, the bottle is cool. I made a mistake. JFK was Idlewild, not LaGuardia. You're I am kidding. so sorry. It was JFK. Oh. JFK International Airport was originally called Idlewild no after way. the Idlewild Beach, uh, Beach Golf Club. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Okay, and Idlewild Airport was uh, after the Idlewild Beach Golf Course that it displaced. Ooh, it was built to relieve LaGuardia, which had become overcrowded. That's the story. Okay, I have to be honest about this. Sorry about that. I had the right city. I didn't have the right the right airport. Thank you very much. And the bottles are beautiful. So Idlewild Spirits. Anybody wants to look it up? No, I'm not an influencer either. I D L E W I L D S P I R I T S dot com. You're on your own from now on. Thank you very much. And now let's and now let's go to Cecilia Marshall. And Cecilia, uh, you mentioned where you are, but why don't you say it again? And what's your favorite drink that makes you smile and do your job so well? And Cecilia, tell us what your role is at SAP. Go ahead. It's all up to you. Yes, I'm he- uh, yes, yes, I'm here. I'm sorry. That's yes, okay. I'm uh, in São Paulo, Brazil, a city of 60 million people. Uh, today with a little bit of jet lag because I just came back from Waldorf where SAP headquarters is. So, and um, I also cannot be drinking my favorite drink because it's a bit early. It's uh, called Caipirinha. Caipirinha is a Brazilian drink and uh, it's made with cachaça, lemon, sugar and ice. And uh, just for you to know, cachaça is an exclusively Brazilian product made of sugar cane. But there are some variations of caipirinha. Uh, One that's called caipirosca, that's made not with cachaça, but with vodka. And there is the caipirissima, which is made with sake instead of cachaça. Bonnie, Mm. would you be interested to know how we do caipirinha? 
Yes, of course. Talk to me. I love it. <laughs> okay. So you put in a large glass, um, a, a large glass, you squeeze and drop a line. You add sugar, crush everything, and mix with a spoon. Then you put the cachaça and lots and lots of ice. That's it. Very simple, very tasteful. Brazilians love, and tourists that come from Brazil love it. Absolutely fascinating. I found it online. There's a Wikipedia entry. Cachaça, C-A-C-H-A-C-A. Portuguese pronunciation is a distilled spirit made from fermented sugarcane juice, also known as agardante, pinga, canjina, marvada, and other names. Most popular spirit among distilled alcoholic beverages in Brazil. You can have one right after the show, Cecilia, I promise. (laughs) That was new to me. That's the first time anybody's mentioned that. We love new drinks. Cecilia, what do you do at SAP and what brought you to Waldorf this time? Oh, I, what I do is I am um, the head of influencer marketing for Latin America. So I manage this program uh, since uh, April 2017, currently with uh, more than 50 influencers uh, engaged in the program in five different countries, Brazil, Colombia, Mexico, Argentina and Chile. And uh, I'm also the Brazilian lead for the SAP BWM. That's a uh, um, volunteer net- employee network um, towards uh, gender equity. So in Waldorf, mm-hmm. I was attending the global uh, SAP BWM summit. Thank you very much. That's a, a very important topic. You you work on gender equity. We we appreciate you, Cecilia. Uh, just so everybody knows probably by now, I'm in Durham, North Carolina, and I am not allowed to have caffeinated beverages or anything stronger than that on radio show days. Today is Tuesday. It's our double header day, so I have a show another hour after this one is over. So definitely relegated to drinking my cool, clear water in a cool, clear mug. And it's a gorgeous day here. We bypassed a couple of tornadoes. Tornado warnings Sunday night. I was up till about four in the morning listening to the rain and the wind, and it sounded like the house was going to blow down, but thank goodness it didn't, and now we have gorgeous sunny weather. We did dip down to almost freezing last night here, and now we're going up to almost 80 today. I still can't get used to the temperatures in North Carolina. It can be a 40-degree spread or more from the beginning when you wake up in the morning till mid-afternoon cray-cray, but the plants are gorgeous. The gardens are blooming. So here we are. You are listening to us on Changing the Game with Digital Selling Radio. have to do a shout-out to the person at SAP who has sponsored the series for many, many years. It used to be called Social Selling. We changed the name to Digital Selling with good reason this year. Kirsten Boileau in uh, Waterloo, Canada, thank you so much for continuing to stick with us here. Changing the Game with Digital Selling, such an important topic. It affects everybody in our listening audience around the world. And we're here today with Mike Orr at Grapevine 6, Vivica Von Rosen at Vengresso, and Cecilia Martin at SAP in Brazil. I'm going to take a quick break, 90 seconds. You can count them along with us. And when we come back, we will start our roundtable in earnest on our topic, which is how does B2B marketing use something called influencer marketing? Is it real? Can you make it authentic? Who do you pick? How does it work? The whole shebang, we're going to talk about it and see if we can help you figure it out for your company. So don't even think about touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. Erin out.
when it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Social media is taking sales and marketing organizations by storm, and only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Digital selling is a concept that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales and marketing process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and ultimately changing the way buyers and sellers engage in a digital world. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how digital selling is changing the world of business. Changing the Game with Digital Selling is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to changing the game with digital selling. Yes, indeed. We are, and digital selling is, in fact, changing the game. I'm here today with three experts on the topic. Mike Orr, he spells his last name O-R-R, at Grapevine 6, Vivica Von Rosen at Vengresso, and Cecilia Martin at SAP. We're now into the formal roundtable portion of the program, and we're going to start with some statements that Mike Orr sent me before the show. Let me just introduce the first topic. He says, first and foremost, influencers in B2B haven't really changed Customers, analysts, and employees are still the best sources of influence. I'm going to start there and stop there and let you take over. Mike, talk to me, please. Great. Yeah, I think I think we get caught up a little bit in the consumer culture where celebrity is is everything, but uh, in in B two B where the decisions really matter uh, and the investments are substantial. It's the people um, that are very much like our customers that help influence their decisions. Um, and so that are your customers. It's the analysts that are reviewing and talking to customers as well as the vendors, as well as your own employees. Um, and they're the ones that are living your brand and uh, in most contact with those decision makers. So I think that's a really good place to start in terms of your B2B influencer marketing is setting up and, and programs around engaging those specific audiences um, and having it be a very authentic thing uh, that uh, – they, you know, those people that really believe in your your product and your vision as a company, um, it may be the brand and what you stand for. Um, those are the ones that you want to target. I think that the challenge is that uh, the way the game has changed is that uh, with social, we've democratized media, and anyone can be influential in any of those groups where before there was a, a very long process to vet and uh, and give those people a platform. Um, now that those people can emerge from anywhere. So you have to have vigilance and really you get out of the influencers what you put in. So you, you want to start with uh, figuring out how you can add value to those people. And it's probably not bringing them a new audience, but it may be giving them some validation or introducing them to potential customers, um, understanding what they're about and if it aligns with what you, um, what you want to do as a company uh, is a good starting point to figure out how can I engage to help these people out and then see if that reciprocates back? Thank you. I, I just have a quick question for you before we bring in uh, Vivica Von Rosen and Cecilia Martin. Marshall, I'm sorry, Cecilia. Uh, Mike, 
in terms of saying to these people, you're going to be our influencers, do you have to tell them what to do? Do you have to say to them, we expect you to tweet or write a blog or we expect you to do speaking engagements? How do you say to them, okay, you're our advocates, you're our our best authentic sources of influence, you know our product, you know our solutions, and we want to empower you to go out there. What do you do to get them to become the level of influencer that will actually help your company? How does that work? I think the ones that uh, are are the most effective and the best way to start is really to find the ones that are already doing that. So they are already out there speaking. They are doing, they're seeking media attention, which is why they are influencers. Um, And so if you can engage them and develop a relationship, they're naturally looking for things to talk about. If you give them a story that, uh, that you know, adds value to their clients or to, uh, to their audience, um, they're going to they're gonna, uh, push that story out and they're going to start engaging um, around your brand with their audiences. Uh, then you can take those techniques and bring it to the people that maybe aren't there yet in terms of uh, capability or understanding of what the things are they can do with their influence, um, where that may be inviting them to speak um, at, a, at a customer conference that you're holding or your internal conferences, giving them some, uh, through a progression of different platforms that eventually moves them up to, um, to advocating on their own. Um, much like this, this program, this radio program is a great way to uh, engage influencers, give them a bit of a platform that uh, they can start developing their message and building their audiences. Um, and they're going to reciprocate that back with, you know, encouraging people to, uh, to pay attention to the, you know, people that provided that platform for them. So I think you start with the ones that are already there, find out mm-hmm. what works, and then build a program where you actually evolve your influencers across the spectrum, especially your employees, because they're going to probably need the most help and the most work. Thank you. Good reality check. Now I'm ready to bring in Vivica Von Rosen at Ven Grasso. Vivica, agree or disagree with a lot, a lot of information Mike has shared. What do you think? Yeah, agree 100%. And, you know, I, I make the mistake of thinking of an influencer in the B2C space, which is interesting sometimes at B2B. But um, I love what Mike says. That it's, you know, it's your customers, it's your analysts, it's, in your, it's your employees. And, you know, the idea that it's your customers one person who's had one experience and shares it and it goes viral, hopefully a positive experience, that's influential. And I actually hadn't really thought about that in an informal sense of our customers being our advocates and actually being influencers within our network. I never kind of tied those together. So, um, yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with uh, what, what Mike said, absolutely. Okay, and Cecilia, what are your thoughts? Uh, I totally agree. Uh, I, uh, in, at SAP, we uh, we have different names for like when the employees uh, are influencers. We call ambassadors program. Uh, when customers are influencers, uh, we call customer reference program. So what we call as influencer program at SAP as uh, when we have um, market specialists uh, with a great uh, uh, reputation in the area where they are known. 
So we engage this market specialist, we educate them about SAP purpose, SAP strategy, and SAP solutions, and we feed them in a, in a frequent way with uh, different types of content so they can uh, select what is important for their uh, followers and communities. Okay, so we, as I mentioned uh, previously, we have an um, influencer marketing program in Latin America since 2017, and uh, the, the way that we, it's a long-term relationship program, that's the key element in our program, I believe, and there are no whatsoever uh, financial transactions. So what we do is we invite hmm. them for some major SAP events. As I instance, last year, uh, we took uh, five influencers from Latin America to Safaya, which uh, is our largest global event. And um, they were there, and uh, they, they, they made more than 180 SAP mentions in their own SAP channels, reaching more than 3.4 million people. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, so um, I would add that. And so uh, to engage uh, market specialists with great reputation and uh, a good um, digital presence. And good uh, digital presence, I wouldn't say number of followers, but um, uh, market specialists that have a good uh, engagement with their followers. That's Thank you, what Cecilia. I would add. Yeah, very, very good points there. I like what you said. Uh, I'm going to go back to Mike Or Mike, anything you want to add on this topic before we move on? I have an interesting statement here from Vivica I want to bring up. I think the only other thing I'd uh, sort of add to it is that uh, that idea that you can take from, from B2C, not only to raise sort of the uh, presence of influencer marketing, but also when you're building these programs around the customers, analysts, employees, those people that can influence um, on B2B, you can bring some elements of the celebrity culture to them, right? You can make them, mm -hmm. you can make them the heroes uh, that they are in your, you know, sales cycle and your marketing. So things like bringing them to that conference, giving them insider information, preview of things that they're exclusive, right? Mm -hmm. There, it's exclusive access to things that uh, nobody else has. Mm -hmm. Those are yeah. the values that you can bring in B two B. I hear Cecilia. I think that was Cecilia saying. Mm -hmm. Cecilia, want to comment yeah. on that? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, exclusive uh, content, exclusive insights, it's perfect. They love it, and they will, uh, for sure, share with their communities. Thank you very much. Good conversation. Let's move on to something from Vivica. Uh, you have a catch-all phrase here in your notes, Vivica, that says B2B influencers should be, and everybody listen up, this is important, relevant, consistent, original, authentic, and trusted by their audience. That's a tall order, Ms. Von Rosen. So why don't you tell us, how do you find the people if it's not the Kardashians? Well, I don't know how original they are, but maybe just because they are uh, relevant, <laughs> or I authentic. guess so. Or authentic, yeah. And trusted, trusted, well, well-known, We, but you didn't put... Well, no, they got that down. <laughs> that's right. You did, But you didn't put notorious. You didn't, you didn't put notorious. So tell me, which? how does this order come in? Relevant, consistent, original authentic and trusted, how can you find that package deal in your influencers if it's not just, as, as Mike said, your, your customers, your employees? Where do you find such people if you want to look outside of, let's say, the, the quote-unquote family and friends group? Where do you look? Yeah, you know, everywhere. So um, to your point, you, you went to conferences and you, you heard Ari V. Ari v. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's funny. Uh, you heard Gary V, and he yes. resonated with you, right? Yes. And uh-huh. so there, you'll come across people, you'll read their books, you'll listen to them on podcasts, you'll listen to them speak at conferences, you'll meet them potentially on the street. We were uh, on a, my, my friend Sue Zimmerman, who's also an influencer, an Instagram influencer, we were skiing, and we're on a ski lift, and she talks to and videos everybody. It's kind mm. of annoying. But um, <laughs> we were talking to this gentleman on the ski lift of all places, and, you know, we found out he'd, he'd climbed Everest, um, and, you know, she ended up bringing him into her network and, and, and doing a, sh- a, a, a live with him because just sitting there, she knew that he would be an influencer, would be of interest to her audience. And so truly, you can meet these people anywhere and everywhere. And, and I think it relies a lot on gut. Like, you know if your BS monitor is going off or not when someone's mm-hmm. speaking, um, yeah. when you're reading their content, when you're listening to them. If the BS monitor is going off, then probably not the person that you want for your <laughs> to be your influencer. But truly they're they're everywhere. So so trust your gut. Do your you know, do your homework. Um, reach out to them and talk to them. He, Mike said it earlier, you know, these are these are human beings, so let's have like an actual relationship with them um, and see if they're a fit or not. But but truly influencers for your company can be anywhere. I I have to tell you, Vivica, I'm so amused by what you say. I'm adding to the tweet here. If your BS monitor is going off, pass, exclamation point. Is that okay? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. very. I have to put that in quotes. I've never heard that before. Cecilia, what are your thoughts about all of this relevant, consistent, original, authentic, and trusted? What do you think? I think um, I, I totally agree. They have to be the influencers. They must be, first, they must have the same type of purpose that the brand has. Mm. And uh, secondly, yeah, this is very important to, to, to believe in the, and follow the same purpose. And, um, of course, they need to be people that have a solid reputation uh, and, and whose opinions are highly considered in their respective online and offline communities. So everything that was said is totally, uh, totally true. Very interesting. The same purpose. I like that a lot. Mike Orr, chime in uh, on what Vivica started and also this very interesting sidebar, that this other uh, qualification that Cissy has added. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I think that... Uh that that qualification is really useful because you're not you're, you're not always going to find people that in that are going to be under even understand what you do from a product point of view right so you may be working with influencers or celebrities that um that uh more align on your culture or your values or what your brand is is trying to do um what even your corporate social responsibility program is trying to do um and that that's really that can be enough to be an advocate for your brand um, if you align on those objectives, right? So they may not know, you know, a CRM system from a HRM system or what any of those letters even mean, but if they align with your values as a company, um, that is an important fundamental starting point for a relationship. Very, very interesting. Vivica, you started this. Good thread here. Anything you want to add before I move on to something from Cecilia? 
No, but um, yeah, I, I, I love the aligned. That's so important. You know, your values have to be aligned. I, I wish I'd thought of that. Brilliant. It, it actually is. Thank you, Cecilia. And Cecilia, I'm ready to go to your notes here. I have something interesting you said. Uh, 20 to 50% of all, this is the first one you sent me, 20 to 50% of all purchasing decisions are influenced by word of mouth recommendations. So does, is that the backbone, Cecilia, of what we're talking about in terms of finding the right people to quote unquote talk about? And that could be through social, through verbal, and any, any kind of media. Uh, is that the backbone? backbone of what you're looking for, this ability to pass the word of mouth recommendations. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the good thing about um, nowadays is this is the uh, antique uh, mouth-to-mouth marketing that ha- uh, happens all the time, but now it's potentialized by the social media reach. So uh, we have to find... Um, Specialists um, that really have a, a fantastic reputation, and as I mentioned previously, that have the same type of uh, values and purpose as the uh, my company. Okay, so we we don't look after celebrities; we we look for niche influencers and mark specialists, but that are extremely well respected in the market. Thank you very much. Interesting. Mike, let's go around the table to you. What do you think about this word-of-mouth concept? Is this really the, the bottom line, the basis for the whole thing is you want people to, quote-unquote, talk about you, whether it's digital talking, whether it's real talking, whether it's, as Cecilia said, going to a conference and finding people and bringing them and telling them what your company values are and, and what, you're, what you're trying to convey to your audience? What, what's your thought about word-of-mouth? I think, yeah, I think it's important, I think, um, as the B2B decision-making has become much more complex, um, there's so many touch points that happen in a, in a buyer's journey that uh, from awareness through understanding and uh, validation, all those different stages that they're going through, um, it's not just the salesperson that's going to be the source of truth. They're going to look to internal. They're going to look to other reference clients. They're going to look to those influencers um, and each of those is one of those touch points that's going to move them further through the journey to hopefully selecting your solution. Um, and so you need to <clears throat> control those as much as possible and make sure that they're memorable and they're, they're consistent. It's a consistent customer experience mm-hmm. across all those different touch points. Um, and so what I think a lot of companies are recognizing is that not only do they need to invest to make their own messaging consistent and the experience to be really valuable and memorable, but that extends to, to outside their company because those touch points are influencing the buyer journey. It's whether they're going to be part of that conversation or not. Um, and so more and more firms are really increasing the, the spend in these areas um, to unify and, and you know, create a, a more memorable, valuable customer experience. Interesting. Vivica, chime in here. What do you think about this basic of, we, we talked about relevant, consistent, authentic, but word of mouth. They have to say something. They have to do something. Isn't that the, the engagement model is, well, if you're going to be our advocate, you got to talk about us. you got to write about us. Is this, is it, <laughs> I mean, you know, just sit there and say, you, you can't just put a, a, a Band-Aid on your forehead and say, go Van Gresso and then sit home. you, you got to get out there and tell people, what's your thought about that? Right, and, and what's the Vengresso anyway? But, but, you know, I can go down so many rabbit holes here. Um, and, and to Mike's point with the, with the buyer's journey, you know, yeah, you, you've got 
to use your influencers at every stage, not just awareness, which word of mouth is usually more focused on awareness, um, which brings me to a what's a vengresso. It's so ironic that, yeah, some influencers don't even know what you sell, um, and they should be they should be educated. But we do a lot of personal branding with our clients, and it's really fascinating when we're interviewing them to find out, you know, to create roles, essentially, how off some employees are themselves. So how can you be a good advocate as an employee or as a, you know, hired influencer or, or you know, even as a consumer or customer if you don't actually know what the company does, so I'm, I'm really glad Mike brought that up. I think it's I think it's absolutely key. Um, and yeah, I could go off on buyer's journey stuff forever, so I'll just stop talking now. Okay, <laughs> I, I have a, a question going around the table in terms of breaking out of the mold or what's expected. Let me start with Cecilia just briefly, and then we're going to get into Mike. We're please get ready for your 60 second prediction in a few minutes, very few minutes. But my question is, what if uh, let's say um, let's say you go to a concert, Cecilia. Let's say uh, I'm going to use a crazy one. Let's say Justin Bieber is performing, and you actually get a ticket to go see him. Okay, and and uh, you you buy the ticket with the backstage pass, and you go up to him and you say, "Hey, I've got a company that is now making I don't know uh, large microwave ovens for schools and other institutions. It's going to revolutionize the cooking process for large. I'm making this up, kids. For for large amounts of people who need to be fed very quickly with reheated food. Okay, and and. And, but you're a B2B. You're selling to institutions. You're not selling to, to consumers on the street. So the question is, would it make sense for you to approach Bieber in this backstage and say, hey, we'd love to have you market our industrial-sized microwave ovens that are going to school districts and that are going to um, large companies with huge crowds to feed? Cecilia, would you do that or wouldn't you do that? Just a quick yes or no, and then we'll go around the table. What do you think? Well, um, I cannot answer just yes or no. Uh, okay. I have to say that there is, in, in this case, there is no B2B or B2C. It's P2P. At the end, we have persons. In, so, um, so if I select um, an influencer that really influences a person that um, it's my customer, it, it would be okay, you know. So that's my thought. Uh, at the end, everything is P2P, person to person. That was a brilliant answer, actually. Let me quickly get Mike. Agree or disagree? Real fast. Um, I agree. Uh, you have to be a relatable reason for him to have that, uh, that endorsement. <laughs> Thank you. What a shock that would be, though. That's what my point was. What a shock to the market Real. to say, Serious? seriously? Vivica, yeah. quick, quick question. Do you agree or disagree that you should go outside of the normal advocacy and find somebody who has nothing to do with it and say, hey, if you could be sound authentic and relevant, we'd love to have you. What's your thought, yes or no? You know, I, I, I tend to say no. If it's not someone that my audience knows or is going to believe in, like Justin Bieber, sorry, not going to work for my audience. Um, so, so I think there has to be some relationship there because as Celia said, it's P2P or, or even R2R. It's relationship to relationship. If there's a, a, a lack 
between the, the P's or the R's, um, it's, I, I don't think it's going to work and you're going to spend a heck of a lot of money that you probably put um, in better places. Thank you very much. Thank you for indulging my question. Cecilia, thank you for sparking that one. Mike Orr, 60 seconds, <laughs> seriously 60 seconds. Go ahead. What's your prediction for digital selling and influencer marketing for P2P, R2R, B2B, B2C? What do you think? There's going to be more letters. Uh, we don't enough. We don't have enough initials. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I think I think the uh, it, it's going to be folded into uh, what the whole transformation that's happening right now, where marketing is really taking control uh, again of the customer experience in digital uh, across all those different channels, and influencers are really a key touch point with all their uh, customers as they go through uh, the whole cycle from. Uh, buying to advocacy, um, ultimately the end, and um, it's going to be folded into the entire uh, customer experience. And marketing is also kind of realizing that they need to be a supporting cast player, right? They need to they enabled uh, they're enabling those P two P relationships either at the sales level or the influencer level or internal employees or customers. Um, how are they going to do that? It's going to be with platforms and content and, and digital tools and technology. Thank you very much. Great prediction. Let's move on to Vivica. 60 seconds, really tight. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know if this is a good or a bad prediction, um, but definitely with AR and AI, um, I can see, you know, AI influencers, and I don't know what that means um, <laughs> for as far as inauthenticity or authenticity and believability, but I see that happening a little bit already, and I can see it definitely happening in our future. We, we personally use and AI, and she's an influencer of sorts because she touches almost everybody who touches our website. Um, and she's AI. She's not real. People think she is. So I, I don't know what that means, but I see it being a further conversation we have at a later date. Absolutely. I like that a lot. And Cecilia Marshall, you've got, oh, you've got 30 seconds. Give me a quick prediction, please. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have to say that companies have much to gain to enhance the customer experience by using uh, digital influencers in their marketing strategies. So, influencer marketing came to stay, and uh, we are just in the first baby steps. So, I would say three predictions for the future for uh, influencer marketing. The rise of micro-influencers, because betting on celebrities and big digital influencers cause the influence strategy to lose uh, the main characteristics, which is all this segmentation. The second uh, bet would be increased demand for authenticity uh, because uh, for a recommendation made by influencers, uh, it's well accepted when it's true, when uh, the influencer must believe uh, in the benefits of the product service. It's what we said at the beginning. And Thank you, Cecilia. I have to cut you off. We're literally out of time. But you know what? We'll, we'll come back and pick up this topic again in the future. I'm looking forward to it. I want to thank my three panelists, and I want to thank Mohammed Arif. He goes by AJ at SAP for putting together this spectacular panel. You're all so smart, and I learned so much. Kirsten Boylo, thanks for sponsoring the series, and Aaron Keller at World Talk Radio, the business channel, our influencer, because he's our engineer extraordinaire, and he influences whether we get on the air on time and whether we get off on time. 
So I want to thank all of you, and I want to just do my call to action here very quickly. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Mike Orr at Grapevine 6, just like Vivica Von Rosen at Gove and Gresso, and just like Cecilia Marshall at SAP. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. I will be back with a phenomenal topic at 12 noon here Eastern on the Business Channel. We're talking with sailors from Extreme Sailing, talking about Internet of Things sensors in the buoys, in the sailors, in the boats. How do you measure biometrics and wind? We've got technology for that. You don't want to miss that one. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.